Welcome to the Life in the Red podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star, your source for Husker news, analysis, and more. From football in the fall to recruiting in the summer, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Bassnett, Parker Gabriel, and Stephen M. Sippel. Three, two, one. Welcome in to Life in the Red podcast. I'm Chris, there's Parker, there's Steve. It's 4.49 p.m., September 29th, 2021. We are three days away from Nebraska hosting Northwestern. Little 6.30 p.m. banger over at Memorial Stadium, prime time. I can't imagine two better teams to put in prime time, national television, college football than Nebraska and Northwestern. Two, two <laughs> explosive offenses. Yeah, two uh, two teams that play at a high level. It's going to be pretty much like the Pac-12 after dark. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we got a lot to get to, so let's get right into it. And we're going to start with Nebraska because really what isn't there to talk about with Nebraska? We're going to talk O-line. We're going to talk punter. We're going to talk all kinds of stuff. Let's start with the O-line. Uh, sounds like things are going to get shaken up this week. Scott Frost alluded to it on Monday at his press conference. We need to find a left guard. We need to play better at right tackle. So it seems pretty clear changes are coming there. I guess just overall, I'll start with either one of you guys and open it up. What do you, what do you, you see from the O-line Saturday? What needs to happen for them to take a step forward against Northwestern? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Seth. Parker, you're up. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I mean, come on. I mean, just a layman's take. Offensive line discussions are interesting to me because um, – the nature of them. We don't know exactly what they're being asked to do um, on a play-to-play basis. Block I mean, the opponent, I think, is the general rule. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're not – I mean, one thing, like, I guess an expert would say they they're, 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 they almost move to the second level seemingly really quickly. They don't – like on their double team blocks, they too don't quick. hold yeah, them very too long. Yeah, too quickly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they don't hold them very long. And then all this – then you – frequently see them kind of looking back, you know, like, Oh, what just happened? Like they're kind of anxious to get to the smaller guy, you know, um, just the linebacker and block them. That's one thing. I mean, the pass pros just to, listen, statistically their tackles are about the worst in the nation in pass pro. I mean, it's, it's the best way to describe the pass pro is it's sort of historically bad at a place that, didn't pass pro for a long time. You know, they didn't. I was talking to Dom Rayola, Dave Remington. They didn't even really pass pro at Nebraska back then. Um, so it's a little different conversation. But since Nebraska has been winging the ball around since 2004, it's I haven't seen this kind of pass pro before. This kind of yeah. pass pro, which involves just kind of letting the guy go back past you to the court. <laughs> it's an interesting way to pass pro. No, yeah, not ideal. <laughs> it certainly is. Um, yeah, it's, well, I mean, you know, there's a couple things. Frost has made two sort of quips in the past few days that I think sort of speak to the frustration um, on the protection angle. One, he said of Nebraska, he said, you know, we've got one of the most athletic quarterback, one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the country, and he got sacked seven times against Michigan State. So That was a quip. That was a quip. That was a quip. And it also was a quip when he said, we can't have a quick we can't be in our quick passing game on the first play of the game and get sacked in half a second um and that's that's what you know that's what happened i mean it was martinez 
had got to the top of a three-step drop uh, and got hit by a guy who came off the right edge um, and really without much resistance, you know. So that's a – if you look at pro football focus data, um, Nebraska dropped back to pass 49 times against Michigan State and got pressured 28 times. Um, They've been pressured 63 times in 110 dropbacks over the past three weeks. So more than 13 blitzes, 13 blitzes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, and that's the rub right there. I mean, they're getting pressured 55 to 60% of the time that Adrian Martinez drops back and teams are blitzing 13% of the time, you know? So that's the, you can't have, I mean, that's just no, you can't have a consistently functional offense at that rate. And then that's before, you know, Frost also said that they need to sort of like simple you were saying, they need to get more vertical uh, movement on the offensive line. He said, I'd rather have a guy whiff entirely at this point than just engage a guy and have a wall at the line of scrimmage. So I, what, I mean, we're going to see what it looks like. Obviously we're going to talk a little bit more about what it might look like. Um, but there's a, I think there was a sense early in the year that the group might just sort of be settling in. Um, But that turned pretty quickly, I think, over the last two weeks, especially against some talented rushers from Oklahoma and Michigan State to a sense that, man, that group just hasn't played anywhere near well enough so far. Yeah, and I don't I don't like to be snarky about a group of guys that are there. I don't think effort is an issue. I think they're trying. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't like to do that. Um, I don't like to, I sure don't want to single out anybody, or at least I hope I don't do that. Um, but they're not, I mean, come on. Frost said what he said on Monday, which is a paraphrasing. They're essentially dragging back the whole operation right now. Yeah. So, I mean, Frost is, I'm just sort of paraphrasing what Frost has said there. So, yeah, I, it's, I think it's hard to so- watch. Yeah, simple. I mean, I think one of the things that is just sort of, you know, it's not the pro game. These kids, you know, they're not, these guys aren't professional athletes. And so not there's really. a lot of, there's a lot of benefit of the doubt, you know, given to, to players. And that's great. I mean, like you say, effort is not an issue, but I just, at some level, like Bryce Bennett might get benched this week. That's, yeah, that's, the, that's the reality of the situation is that they don't yep. think he's played well enough and he might get benched. They've tried two guys at left guard. They don't think either of them have played well enough. And it's sort of like Frost said on Monday, like that's not, that's not a death sentence. That's not the end of a guy's career. Hardly. They really like Bryce Benner. They think he's got the potential to be a really good player and it might help. It might help to watch for a little bit, you know, and, and that's what Frost said. Frost talked about getting benched for part of a game when he was a senior, he talked about benching Adrian Martinez uh, last year. You know, it worked with Lamar Jackson, although that was more about, discipline uh, than it was about, you know, fundamentals and technique, but I just, at some level, it's, it's, it's a, it's a conversation because it's real and it's, it's, it's probably going to look different for Nebraska on Saturday. And we'll see if that pays off. I thought it was interesting, simple. We were talking on Monday. It's, it's just not that common to see this happen in the middle of the season, that this is the time where you just go back to the drawing board on it. I mean, maybe coming out of a bye week or something like that, but it says something that Nebraska is going to go to potentially a pretty radical approach here. Um, and it's not spring ball. It's not August where 
five games into a 12 game season. Right. It happens. Well, it does. It does. Go ahead, Baz. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was just going to say, isn't, isn't it time for something radical though? Like they haven't done anything on offense. They haven't done anything. They basically yeah. played Buffalo to a stalemate on the offensive line. And Buffalo is a fine team, but congrats. You, you struggled to get any push against Fordham until the second half, you know, and you've already just detailed what's happened against power conference opponents. Like, you got to do something and yeah. you got to do it's this season has been radically bad for Nebraska in a lot of ways. Um, some obvious and, and some not. So yeah, I, it's, I'm, I'm okay with doing something radical. And like you said, we'll get into that a little, little more later and it's, it is unusual, but at the same time, you got to do something. You can't keep doing what you're doing. It's not working. No, I think you're right. I mean, I do think you're right. And I like what Parker said and sort of what Frost said, it doesn't have to be a death sentence for anybody. And you mentioned Adrian, and that's a shining example. At that point, when he got benched last year for Penn State, you wondered where his career would go. You know, maybe that was going to be it at yeah. Nebraska. That, I mean, that definitely went through people's minds. But Adrian, of course, being Adrian Martinez, responded like a champion. I mean, and I'll never forget when he came in against Illinois late in that game how well how well he handled it. I mean, he he looked really good. Looked great drive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, you know, he took over the position again and had a strong final four games. And, I, and he can – those guys who are about to get benched can definitely look at that and say, look what, it, look what our quarterback – look what happened to our quarterback. You know? So, yeah. Um, this is a – sorry, Sam, go, go ahead. No, you go no. ahead. Go I, was ahead. Just, I was actually just going to segue into our hot topic because I thought that was a good place to – Do it. To segue into it. Yeah, um, and I'll open it up to you guys first. So I'll open it up to the experts. On Saturday, who are the who are the five when Nebraska's offense trots out there for the first time? Who are the five offensive linemen you're most intrigued to see together when Nebraska's Go ahead, Parker. offense lines up? Go ahead, Parker. We'll see how much different we are here. Yeah, well, I think one. I just and again, I don't know who it's going to be, but I, I'll say this is this might be a little bit more change than what they'll ultimately go with but the one the 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 five I guess I'd be most intrigued to see would be Teddy Prohaska the freshman at left tackle um oh let's say Turner Corcoran then flipping over to right tackle but I could also see him at at left guard but in this situation let's say Prohaska at left tackle Corcoran at right tackle, um, Nori Nuelli, the sophomore from who's originally from Germany, transfer from from Colorado State at left guard, and then I'd like I think it'd be interesting to see Bryce Bennett slide down a level and play right guard. So that would be four. That'd be two new starters or three new three new starters, but four guys playing a position that they didn't play last week. That's exactly the group I was going to say. Exactly. Uh, so I don't Oops, know what to sorry. add. No, that's fine. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, in, I'm, I'm interested to see Prohaska, what that would look like as a freshman. Again, I imagine Northwestern, I don't know what they have up front, but they're usually pretty good up front. Um, and there'll be some grown men, and I'd like to see what that looks like. Um, I'm imagining Noelle nor D, nor nor D Noelle can't be too far from being ready. Um, I guess Cor- moving Corcoran, just flipping him over to the right side could help. Um, he's got to get a lot better. 
uh, yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. I would almost be, there's a part of me that, I know this kind of goes against what we're saying, but just to stick with most of the, the other guys wouldn't, wouldn't alarm me that much. Um, I, 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 I hope, I mean, what could have happened is they gave everybody an open shot this week. And hopefully the guys that were starting said, okay, I'm no, I'm not giving up my job. You know, that's what I hope happened. Um, and maybe a guy like uh, Bryce Benhart made him think twice a little bit, you know, and maybe, a, maybe Hicks and may, I'd like to think they could make him think twice about making any changes. That's what I'd hope, but I'm, I hear you, Baz, nothing's worked. It's not working. It's not working at a high, le- it's not working at a really high level or a really low level, depending on how you want to say it. So I don't know. There's a part of me though that says I, I just wish those guys that were starting would just say, no, I'm no, no, nobody's taking my job. I'm going to have the best week of practice I've ever had. I guess, we're, I guess we're going to see though. Yeah. I like that. I like that take. I'll throw a couple different names at you. How about like okay. Grant Banks? At right tech? Yeah. 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 I think that's absolutely. Uh, you, absolutely. You talk about yeah. benching a guy, maybe you let Turner Corcoran watch from the sideline. I like Prohaska at left tackle, like you guys said. Newell at left guard, maybe Brock Bando. Maybe maybe you yeah. throw a Brock Bando out there, you know, yeah. at left guard and get and give him some run. You know, Veterans. obviously yeah. Cam I obviously Cam Jurgens at center doesn't change. I don't think he's played well this year. I, I like I like sliding Bennert down uh at right guard. And then I think, yeah, I you know, I think Corker needs to watch. And Brant Banks is a guy that's played pretty much every position on the line except for center and, and has said as much and says he's feel feels comfortable everywhere. So maybe maybe instead of Newelli and Corcoran, you go Bando and Banks in, in some some form or another out there and, and run with those guys and see what that looks like. But yeah, other than that, I, I tend to agree with what you guys. It's say. interesting. I mean, like I talked to some old linemen. Remington Remington, Dave Remington said that what a lot of these guys need is more time in the saddle together because he said they're not picking up stunts very well or, or games, which it's more than Remington says two guys is a stunt more than two guys is a game. And they're just, he said, they're just not picking that stuff up very well as a group. So I, there's a, I don't know. It's, it's interesting changing in mid flight because you're kind of, messing with chemistry once again, I guess, but what you would probably say is that they're messing with bad chemistry right now. Well, aren't you messing with chemistry by letting your quarterback get hit 20 times a game? Yeah. Yeah. You're messing, getting, with, the, you know, you're messing with the whole operation at that point. Yeah. I, I asked both, I asked both Frost and Matt Sichterman this week about exactly that simple, the, the games, you know, having problems dealing with twisting and stunting and all of yeah. that. And Sichterman, Sichterman said, the key is you've got to see your work. You've got to communicate and you've got to see your work in front of you. And that's just, we've seen a bunch of times where an offensive lineman, and again, I'm, I'm not an expert by any means, but you've got a guy who starts out without somebody in front of them. And so he turns fully to help. And yep. then here comes that stunt or twist, right. You know, blowing by somebody's back, you know? And so yes. that's like, that's a, there's communication to be had there and to understand that teams are doing that a lot to them. But there's also some technique there because you can't part of that's, you know, you got to have the ball out on time for sure. Um, But they've had, they've just given up so many free runners at the quarterback um, that you wonder if the communication's on point, then something like the chemistry and the communication, if all of that is operating at a, 
and an acceptable level, then something's really wrong technique wise. Cause it's not translating to them picking that stuff up. So I think one thing to keep in mind, and we'll see if this plays out, but one, one last thing to keep in mind in all the way, different ways that pieces can be a couple of those guys like Newelli is a good example. You know, Newelli was playing left tackle this spring sort of before Prohaska, before they knew that they thought Prohaska could be in the 2D at that spot. So he's played tackle. Bando's played tackle over the course of his career. They've got a bunch of guys. I think we think about that, you know, Brant Banks started a game at left tackle and then he's played mostly guard since then. So those three guys in particular, probably Newelli and Banks more than, than uh, Bando at this point, you could see either of those guys at right tackle too. You know, you could see Newelli yeah. at right tackle and Benhart at right guard or something like that. So there, it's going to be very intriguing to see uh, how they roll it out. on. Saturday. Oh, this stuff is so intriguing. I could talk about it all afternoon. I mean, it's, it's really interesting when you think about, first of all, now, you know, I hate to be always critical of everything, but you, you usually, you'd think you could get this stuff settled in the spring and in 29 practice and off. 29 practice. You would think. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we, I mean, it's, that's sort of interesting to me. Then the other interesting thing about this conversation is what was happening in August between what we now see as a very good front seven and the offensive line. What were those battles like? You know, now they were, Ryan held said it's you, these are battles that you, he said, it's quite a show, you know, it's quite a show to watch. Maybe, Maybe he was talking about the rest of the defense. Yeah. 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 He was I talking about the defense dancing around in the backfield. I, I just – it's where it's sort of frustrating not to see any practice because I would have liked to see what that picture looks like. Now that we know Nebraska is a good front seven, were they, were, they, were, they, were they dominating this bunch? How much of a concern was it? You know, I don't know. It's fascinating. It's fascinating in a million areas because could – was Nebraska running against that group? Were they getting their running game going? You could also, I mean, one thing one of the coaches told me was it's hard to judge a running game in this day and age because they don't hit very much in practice. So you mm-hmm. don't really know what you got until you start the season. You know, you don't, you don't really have a handle on it until you, you go to Illinois and play, you know. And maybe that, maybe that lack of success against Illinois surprised the staff as I can't believe they were caught off guard by it, but maybe they were. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when it's as bad as it's been, you have to think they weren't totally caught off guard. Well, yeah. What did August not tell them? Maybe they knew it was going to be this bad. And if they didn't, what, then what? Like it's very, well, there, there, there's a whole other set of issues to dive into if they didn't think it would be that bad. Um, Speaking of things that have been bad, let's talk some punting. Let's talk punting. Let's talk punt return. Um, I'm going to throw a stat at you guys to kick this off. Northwestern is averaging – let me find the number here. Northwestern is averaging 23 yards per punt return this year. Fifth in the country. Oh, Oh, boy. Now, think about all the close games Nebraska-Northwestern played and how a a close game might turn in the opponent's favor when playing Nebraska, as we saw last week. Perhaps like last year against Northwestern when uh, a 36-yard punt return set up the the score that extended their lead from one to eight. There you go. There's no problem. Nebraska just punt away from it. Yeah, that's fine. They're a pretty good directional (laughs) punting. They they certainly punt its a direction uh, when they do punt it. It may not be the right one. But, again, just an area area that's been a 
I mean, it's been a disaster. Let's call it what it is. It's, it's been, it's been really, really bad. It cost, it essentially cost them the game uh, against Michigan state. Now this is with the caveat that Nebraska's offense has to score more points and not put itself in that position to begin with. But I mean, it was bad. And Mike Dawson came out yesterday and, and basically laid it all out. Talked for 15 plus minutes. This is your outside linebackers coach, special teams coordinator. He spent 15 minutes talking about special teams yesterday and laid it out. Why, why, how they had it set up, what happened, what are they doing in these meetings? What's going on in practice? And, you know, I thought it was interesting. He was asked, you know, is, is what he's seeing in practice squaring with what he's seeing in the games? And he proceeded to talk for about two minutes without really answering the question, which probably gives you your answer uh, to that question. So I'm guessing it probably hasn't been real pretty in practice either, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's to a point now where, you know, what do you do? You, you don't, they're rot, they're literally rotating punters uh, in, in games. It's, it's like a team that rotates a quarterback and, and can't get anything going on offense. They have two punters, so they don't have any. So yeah. it's, it's just, it's incredible. I mean, we keep saying it's incredible, but it happens every single It is incredible. It's stopped. I just, I don't know. At some point to me, it's not, I, like I was telling you guys, I didn't really even react when the guy returned, when Jalen Reed returned the punt last week to tie the game. It's like, Oh, well, there it is. You know, I was watching from my couch. My wife looked at me and went, Oh my God. And I went, it was probably coming at some point just because that's, that's where we're at with that. You know, we just expect the catastrophic to happen at this point. You are hard bitten. I am. I am hard bitten. You're right. Very you hard. hard you are very hard bitten. I've been hardened by the world. I know we all have. Not, not me as much as you, but yeah. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, still yeah. a big softy. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm hey, way hey. harder than you. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay, now hold the deal. Hold on here. It, hold on. You hold guys watch more, Yeah, you guys watch more football than I do. How often do you see a rotation of punters? I, it strikes me as very odd. I've seen it once this year. So, <laughs> and it was in the game I watched last week. <laughs> well, I mean, over the course of time, I can't remember it. No, I can't I just, either. Just don't see it and, very often. Well, and, and Dawson tried to explain it. You know, one's right-footed, one's left-footed. The spin's different, and blah 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 blah. But what I think he's what I mean, read between the lines. They don't have they don't have a punter right now. They've got two guys that are struggling, so they're trying two different guys and, and seeing if they can figure out what works. Hot take alert! Hot take mm-hmm. alert! Mm-hmm. If I were the head coach, and the more I watch football, the more I think I probably could be a head coach. Um, I would have. I would have, in the, at least in the back of my mind, and at some point, some level of discussion with my staff, a third punter option. Like, we, hey, guys, is there anybody on campus? Is there somebody on the team that's punted before? Is there, can we have an open tryout like this, this week to see what we got out there? Because these two guys, I don't know after that game what we're going to get. Are they going to cost us another one? Now, again, I hate to be harsh, but they cost them a game. I mean, that's it. Yeah. I mean, are yeah. you just gonna let that? Are you gonna let that happen again? You know. Yeah, your margin for error is already zero. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Parker. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. The amazing thing too is that you know Will Pristop's two bad punts earlier in the game didn't even end up costing them because of how well the defense was playing. You know, you hit a seven yarder and a twenty eight yarder, and I, you know it's like a. I've seen go outside and walk seven steps right now. I want you to pause the podcast if you're listening to yeah. this. Go, go outside. outside. And takes seven steps, and that's how far that's how far a scholarship punter kicked the ball for Nebraska last week. The, Sorry, Parker. Go ahead. No, it's fine. I mean, you you occasionally see the the field goal kicking duty split. You know, there there are teams that have 
the short range field goal kicker and the long range field goal kicker. And that seems like sort of what Nebraska is trying to do with its punting. Like Cherney hasn't gotten comfortable with the, you know, turning over a spiral. And so they're trying to use the rugby style to pin teams deep. He did it once. He, you know, he killed one at the nine against Michigan he did. State. He, did. he also had a 41 yarder. That was a touchback. So he netted 21, which like you might as well just go for it at that point. Yeah. Um, so it's just not, I mean, it's just not the, the long and short of it is it's just not working. Um, and, and then it goes beyond that too, where, you know, they gave up a solid punt return on one of them. They gave up a 41 yard kick return and no matter how you slice it, I mean, that Frost, I asked Frost on Monday, Hey, you know, how much attention do you have to pay to the other guy when there's two returners like Michigan state had, how much do you have to pay attention to the guy who's away, you know? Uh, from where you want to kick it. And he basically said, no, you shouldn't have to, you got to know where the ball is in the air, but you shouldn't, that guy shouldn't be involved in the play at all. But Dawson didn't say exactly that. He said, you know, that, I mean, the guys were, even if the, the, you know, the guys were too far up the field as it was. um, And there was no one, I mean, there was, they had five guys that were past where Jaden Reed caught that ball when he caught it. And none of them, were on his side of the hash marks. So they were, it was a terrible punt and they were also in terrible position to scramble to make the play. Hmm. And that's, I'm not trying to, I'm not, it's not an equivocation. It's, it's the vast majority of it is on the punt. The vast, vast majority of it's on the punt, but then also they weren't able to rally and, and, and make up for the mistake. On the positive side, what keeps Nebraska's train on the tracks? God, I hate when I do the cliche thing, but I'm just not that smart. Um, <laughs> what's keeping the train on the tracks is is the well, there's they're getting high level play at quarterback. I really love their receiver and tight end core. I love them. I, I think they they did a tremendous job. And if you add Fedoni to that mix at some point, it's really strong. And Oliver Martin probably before Fidel. And Oliver Martin. I mean, they have – I you can't – I think people need to give Lubick and Sean Beckton more credit because that those two groups have gone from just okay or not okay, not even okay for the last couple of years to really good. I mean – Yeah. Then And then the defenses. I mean, playing inspirational football now. Inspirational. I like that. That's a good way of putting it. That was inspirational football. Yeah, they, they rally. They rally to the ball and play for one another. That's what I. It was old school. Yeah, yeah. it was old. They, they're a, they have great cool. chemistry on that side of the ball, and Eric Chenander deserves a lot of credit. I mean, he's those guys came back to play. You know, super seniors came back to play with each other. Good, obviously, really good chemistry, and they've added some young pieces in there like Reimer, who's. Reimer looks like a, a budding star to me right now. Yeah, he's a missile. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's interesting. To, and I was in the scrum talking to Luke Reimer in the hallway on Monday from Warren mm-hmm. Stadium. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, I thought it was an interesting quote. He said, we, we just need to, we need to pull the offense and the special teams up to where we are. You know, mm-hmm. we, need to, we need to spread what we have to them. I don't know how you do that. That's the trick, I guess. But it was interesting hearing Luke say that. Like, those guys – I think realize that, that it's on them right now, both, both on the field and, and in practice and in, you know, in the locker room or whatever, they've got to find a way to get those other two units up to, 
you know, even if it's not on the same level, but at least in the same stadium as though as those two at this point. So yeah, I, it was just interesting to hear a young guy say that we've got to find a way to get the pull those guys along and, and get them to come with us. Absolutely. That is it. I mean, think about the conversation. There's a side of the ball that that we all thought would would be the one that kind of lags behind the offense when Frost took over. Well, it's totally shifted. Now you're, now we're talking about how you want the offense to inherit this sort of culture and mindset as the defense. Again, big credit to Eric Chenander. And I don't – now here's the thing, though. I don't think the offense has a bad mindset or a bad culture. I just think the offensive line struck. There's a lot of guys playing good football on that side of the ball. Austin Allen, come on. I mean, Austin Allen, Bokelec, Terrain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Omar Manning's emerged. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I, I Adrian, like, obviously. Yeah, yeah Adrian's one of the best quarterbacks. Okay, I got to – I mean, he's – listen, he's I, – I don't know. I guess there's – you take Tagli of Bayola over him um, at Maryland. I don't know who else. Did I pronounce that bad? Tagli Tag of Bayola? Yeah. Yeah, that's close enough. It's fine. Um, who, who would you take over him? Don't yeah, talk don't to know. Tanner Morgan. I don't want to hear Tanner Morgan anymore. It's amazing to me that people will say Tanner Morgan. Really? Yeah. You take Tanner Moore well, over Adrian Martinez? We've we've had a similar discussion before, but put any of those guys behind Nebraska's offensive line, let's see what they look like. Yeah, you know. Exactly. Now put put Adrian in in Maryland's offense and see what it looks like, or put Adrian well, in Minnesota's offense and see. What it or looks just like. put him behind. I mean, put him behind Ohio State's offensive line. To say yeah. to say nothing of all the first rounders on the edge. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, and, and look, look. Adrian's missed some guys this year. There's no doubt about that. He, he missed a wide open guy in overtime. He's missed when I mean, it's easy to go back and parse through that stuff. When you look at the film and things like that, he, and he's missed some guys and he, he, he got to be better there, but quarterbacks miss guys every week. And Tom not everybody's Brady getting guy. Tom Brady. Tom Brady also isn't getting knocked on his keister seven times a week and, and you know, constantly under pressure too and, and getting x-rays on his jaw in the first quarter and then getting playing. x-rays on his jaw after like the third play of the game because he had to get he got flushed out of the pocket and got smacked so there's that part of it too and i've heard a little bit of that and i i get it but at the same time it's it's not all adrian's fault there like he, if it was me i'd be probably be getting a little gun shy too if i was getting if i had a bunch of guys running at me every other play <laughs> The thing about the the thing about the conversation on on offense, I think we had this conversation last week. Is they, it feels like they're close to breaking through for the simple fact that efficiency wise, per play wise, they're they're fine. Like they're not among the most explosive in the country, but they're against FBS competition. They're hovering around the top thirty in yards per play, and they're good on third down. Like there's some things that the, this offense is really pretty good at but they're not good in the red zone. And I asked yeah. Matt Lubick on Tuesday, what's the hallmark of a team that's really good in the red zone? The first thing he said is you got to run the ball. You got to run the ball because things happen fast. The field gets compressed. It's easier to cover when you're not worried about getting beat over the top. So you've got to be able to run it. And Nebraska just hasn't been able to do that. I mean, at the end of the day, for as much of the positive as you can find in the offense, you know, the four games they've played FBS teams, they scored 22, 28, 16, and 20 in overtime. So that's – you just can't – even with a good defense, I mean, that's – you're not going to win a lot of games that way, and they're all going to be close, and then mistakes get magnified. And that's sort of been the bugaboo is, you know, you've got to put the ball in the end zone 
when you get into scoring range. And uh, Nebraska hasn't done that nearly frequently enough through the first five. Exactly. Let's talk a little Northwestern here. We'll give some predictions. Wildcats two and two. Uh, they're kind of playing merry-go-round at quarterback right now. Hunter Johnson started the year. It's probably going to be uh, Holinsky Saturday. He came in against right? Ohio. Yeah. It, it, according to the according to uh, Louis Louis Vacker, who I talked to for the scout, he said they the coaching staff has moved on from Hunter Johnson, and and it, it he had a meltdown against Duke. Basically, had four turnovers in the first half against Duke, uh, and they just they they just moved on. Um, they've been able to run the ball a little bit. Ran for three seventy three last week against Ohio, but Ohio might be one of the worst teams in the country this year. So it's it's a little bit of a caveat there. But they, they've got a running back. Um, they've got a they've got a power running game. They won't run it like that against Nebraska. Certainly, you wouldn't think. But it's it's kind of that typical Northwestern offense where it's not too terribly explosive. They can they don't make a ton of mistakes, but they have turned it over this year, um, which is a little uncharacteristic. And the defense, new defensive coordinator this year, it kind of it hasn't been an elite defense. Um, Duke had 420 yards in the first half when they played each other a couple of weeks ago. Michigan State. Say, put up, that I think, say that again. Say that again. Duke At halftime, Duke Duke, who's Duke. not great, had 420 yards of offense. How did that happen? It was a blowout at halftime. It, it, and Northwestern made it a game in the second half. Yeah. You got back in it. But, yeah. Duke got 420 in the first half? In the first half, yeah. And it's they've, they've just not been the same with, with the new defensive coordinator. So it's, it's kind of the typical Northwestern slow start, but maybe not for the exact same reasons as it as – it, as it normally has been, the defense just hasn't been there. So we've talked about a new offensive line. We talk about the weapons on offense. Maybe Nebraska is able to do something early on against this defense and, and build a little momentum, and, and we'll see. But And we mentioned the special teams. They've got a great punt return game. They've got a veteran kicker in Charlie Kubander. So they've, they've got some pieces there. But, it, yeah, this isn't this isn't the same Northwestern team that we've seen maybe the last, the last few years coming in here. Can I give you a stat that I just had to double-check to make sure it's right? Yes. Okay. Nebraska, obviously, we saw what that run, what Nebraska's run defense is capable of against Michigan State. But right now, in all games, Nebraska is 13th in the Big Ten if you go by per carry against the run. They're giving up four yards a carry, which is 13th. The only team worse, and I mean, it's the year of the defense in the Big Ten. I mean, Wisconsin's given up 1.01 yards per rush, and Iowa's at 2.3. So, Everyone is, has been good against the run this year. Nebraska's at four. That's 13th. Uh, Northwestern's at 5.22. Last in the league by more than a yard per carry. And they've given up seven rushing touchdowns in four games compared to Nebraska, who's only given up three rushing touchdowns in five games. So now, it's the worst run defense in the Big Ten if you go by the numbers. It's the, th- it's the worst run defense in the Big Ten, and it's the defense that gave, gave up six points to Ohio last week. Yeah. So that's think about that in, in the context of those other three games they've played. Hold on. Hold on. Nebraska's given up four point yards per carry, which that's as good as they've been in the in the Chenander era. Yep. Yeah. That's that's as good as they've been. Yep. That's I mean four point is not a horrible number. That would get you usually in the middle of the pack of the Big Ten most years. Most years, yeah. Yeah. That'll get you in the middle lower middle pack. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and you know, with uh, with Northwestern, I mean, you you have there's an apples to apples comparison, with the only caveat being that Northwestern got Michigan State week one, but look at what Kenneth Walker 
did. I mean, there's a straight up comparison. Look at what Kenneth Walker did against Northwestern compared to what he did against Nebraska. I mean, he had two, 264 and four touchdowns against Northwestern. He had 51, 51 yards against Nebraska. Yeah. Should we, uh, should we make some predictions here quick and then talk a little hoops? Get out of here. Oh, I think that sounds wonderful. I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. I was. I don't want to pick Nebraska. I don't. And I think if <laughs> Northwestern, well, I mean, for all the reasons you're hard bitten. Because I'm hard bitten. Yeah. I'm hard bitten. But and if Northwestern had a vintage Northwestern defense, I probably wouldn't pick Nebraska. But I think they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit on the Wildcats. It's not going to be great. I think it's going to be a. It's not going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, the the mistakes are going to. I, look, yeah, I'm bitten. I'm, I'm down bad. <laughs> you're gonna be. A, you're gonna be a peach on deadline. I'm gonna be a real joy come Saturday night at about nine thirty. I can tell you that. Um, I'm trying to sell tickets. <laughs> I'm not. I don't work for the university. I ain't trying to sell tickets. Um, but no, I. I think Nebraska wins ugly. I think it's. I think it's close because it's always close between these teams. So give me Nebraska 25-22. Jeez, go ahead, Parker. Uh, I'm also picking Nebraska, even though I might not pick them against anybody else in the Big Ten this week. Um, but I, but I am picking them, um, and I actually think that, it, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be uh, a Picasso by any stretch of the imagination, um, unless you feel the way about cubism that I assume Sipple does, but. Um, I think I don't even know what you're talking about. Just go ahead. I, yeah, I'll just yeah. I'm just picking Nebraska. I'm just picking Nebraska 27-17. Oh God, Parker, you hit my number exactly. Damn. Damn. Um, okay, well, I don't have a lot to add because I still have to. I don't know. I think it's good to be transparent um, about most things. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I. Uh, I don't know a lot about Northwestern. Um, I studied them in the preseason and have forgotten most of it. Um, so I don't know. Based on what your guys are saying, it's scary. That, that punt return thing. Part, Baz, do you know who that guy is, if their punt returner is? They got, they got a couple guys. They got a couple guys that, that return punts for them. So I don't know. It, so if they, if they run a two-safety punt return, look out. It, it could get crazy. Well, here's the thing we, ha- we haven't mentioned that we need to. I got calls from former players this week that, that wondered it was, they, they all wondered the exact same thing. What is Nebraska's mentality? Like, are they okay? I mean, can they come back from this? Because it was an, a, that was a, a, would you say an emotional punch in the gut? Yes. Um, and sometimes, I mean, we have to acknowledge that sometimes teams don't come back from games like that. It's true. Or, or they don't come back well. Now, my answer to that is Dudes, Stilly, Deontay Williams um, uh, on defense. Those guys come to mind. Um, uh, even Reimer, a younger guy, um, who helped me out. Who's uh, Damian Daniels, a captain. I don't think those guys, I mean, the corner, Cam Taylor, Britt, both the safeties who I love. I don't think they'll let that unit go south. And I think Adrian Martinez is a, is a fabulous leader but I also think Cam Jurgens is a guy that wouldn't let the offense go south and Austin Allen and Travis Vokalek you've named about all 22 starters so far. Yeah, you just want to well, keep going well, you want to give a score well, at some no but that's sort of my point I don't th- I think this is a team full of tough dudes that won't let it go south 
So I'll say Nebraska will win the next two. I'm going to predict Whoa. two games today. Wow. I'm, wow. Just like wow. Tom Chattel, my counterpart at the World Herald, is, is calling them to win their next two. I would say that too. And they'll start with a 27 to 20 win on Saturday. I just think they, they'll kick is. a late field goal. They'll kick a late field goal, Northwestern, to pad on a little bit. You could put you could put that in the bank for potential uh, memoir titles, Sipple, just like Tom Chattel. Whoa. Maybe we Whoa. should end it before I end Parker. Um, wow. That crossed my that crossed my mind and I was like, I shouldn't say that. But you said that transparency is is good oh, in most cases. I said so in most far. cases. Oh, okay. It's okay, Baz. It's okay. No, no, it's not okay. <laughs> it's this is el- this is the abuse of the elderly, is what we're witnessing right now. <laughs> elder abuse is occurring. This is elder abuse. Yeah, it's public. It's public. <laughs> elder HR it's public elder my, abuse. My phone's ringing right now. It's human resources. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, hoops. hoops. I want to hear about what's going on on Friday night at Pinnacle. Opening night with Husker Hoops, Friday night, Pinnacle Bank Arena. Starts at 6.30. Um, men's team, women's team will be, both be introduced. Women's team with a short scrimmage. Men's team will also scrimmage. Do some, They'll throw down some sweet dunks, make some threes, blah, blah, blah. A concert by Sipple's favorite G Herbo uh, afterwards, the Chicago-based rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, big, 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 big recruiting weekend for Nebraska. They've got uh, six official visitors coming in. Uh, most notably, Simeon Wilcher and Omaha Bill U in the 2023 class, two top 10 talents, essentially, uh, in the 2023 class. Also, Chase Clemens in the 2023 class, highly thought of. Trey Green, then a couple of 2022 guys, and Jamarcus Lawrence and Denham Dawson, who has a great name, Denham Dawson. Yes. So, but, yeah, Denim. fans in the building, uh, free admission. You just have to go online and basically register for tickets, but they're free. So it's going to be fun to see the crowd back in back inside PBA. It's going to be fun to see this team under the lights for the first time. I've seen them in practice once and seen them, you know, see them again in practice um, on Tuesday morning, next Tuesday morning. But this will be the first time, you know, in front of fans with this new roster and a, and a roster with a lot of hope and a lot of hype. So it's going to be interesting to see. What they, you're not going to be able to glean a whole lot from it. It's going to be about making those guys look good. But at the same time, it's going to be interesting to see some of those guys and how they react to fans in the building. Every so often, I like to do this just – to get the names out there. Who's your starting lineup, Bass? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. Just do it. Uh, Just do it. I know it's geez. not comfortable. It's not comfortable. <laughs> Let me pull up the roster because I want to make sure I don't miss somebody obvious. Here. So yeah, that's, that's what I would do. You got to get comfortable uh, being uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Well, Trey McGowan's, I think, is going to start. Um, I think Bryce McGowan's is going to start, the five-star freshman. Um, I think Derek Walker, just because I think you go with experience in the post early on, is going to start lap Mayan, I think, as a starter. Okay, no, wait a second, after that's that, four. That's four. That's four. I, I think, I think Alonzo Verge. Yeah. Yeah, I think you start Verge. I think that's your – and you run it. You run a basically a, a three or four out system uh, around Walker. But, again, there's a lot of guys who are going to play early in the year. I, You know, C.J. Wilcher, he fits in there somewhere. You know, the Xavier transfer. Uh, Wilhelm Breidenbach. Col- I didn't even mention Colby Webster, who played great at the end of last year, you know, and started. Um, mentioned Derek. Trevor Lakes, where does he fit in? You know, Keon Edwards, I think, is going to play a uh, high-level recruit that transferred in. Eduardo Andre, haven't even mentioned him yet, a guy that made big strikes last year. So 
I think you lean on your experience early in the year, but I think it's a lineup that's going to change quite a bit throughout the year. And I think it's going to look different at the end of the year than it looks at the beginning of the year. Thank you, Bess. You're welcome, Steve. Nicely done. Thank you. Hey, and this podcast was nicely done. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. Nebraska Northwestern, 6.30 p.m. Saturday night. We'll have all kinds of coverage on journalstar.com, huskerextra.com. Make sure you check it out. And until, the, until next time, talk to you soon.